welcome. Welcome everybody as you come in. And, um, we've been through a lot, so I thought it would be fun and kind of grounding to tell you a little story, a very short one. And it's a story from my strange family. And I'm counting on the fact that everybody has strange relatives. And I'm, I'm not the only one. But if I am, so be it. But this is a story that will provide food for thought. So the question that we share, and people are still trickling in, um, welcome, welcome. The question that we share, we've been through a great drama together. And, and the good news is that this drama is something we're meant to live. We're meant to live the drama of our lives. All these feelings that we have, great times of not knowing, of fear, of uncertainty, of facing the unknown, great spikes of joy, great moments of relief, and that calm, collected feeling that comes when we feel like we're out of danger. I could go on and on and on. We're meant to feel all these things, everything that life presents us. And we're meant to feel them or we're invited to feel them as a potential doorway, something that might open us to a greater understanding. And so one of the things that I want to stress is that and it's something that very well-meaning people uh, people who think of themselves as having a spiritual path are inclined to do, which is to rush ahead, rush ahead and think, how can we have unity? How can we offer ourselves in a way now that we can come together. And my advice, my counsel, my hope for you is that at this time in particular, you take very good care of your own feelings. Turn your attention to what you feel and offer that loving, expansive attention to that. And it could be many things. It could be joy and then fatigue and then what's next. And that's one of the most interesting things. Already the mind and heart is like, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? Always grasping outside 
for something that can bring us a feeling of certainty. So here's my little story from my family, and I'm sure you have one from yours. So um, I came originally from northern New York, very far north, and um, on the Canadian border on the St. Lawrence River, and some of my relatives were really long-standing residents of that very remote area. So to make the story short as possible, my father, who's a very curious, interesting guy, befriended an artist from New York City, from New York City, who'd come up to this northern region, to the Adirondacks, to sketch. And he went off. My father had some nice, interesting exchange with him. And off this man went into the backwoods, deep into the Adirondack woods, to, to sketch and draw animals and trees and strange people he might encounter. And he came out weeks later, and my father had dinner with him. His sketchbook was full, and he was captivated by, he said, Paul, that was my father's name, you won't believe this character I met deep in the woods. He lived in a log cabin. He wore a World War I helmet, and he was always, he had a shotgun to keep bears off the roof that he called bars. So my father looked at the picture and he said, by God, Tracy, if it wasn't Uncle Walter, it was my uncle. It was my uncle. Now, everybody's got an Uncle Walter. Maybe not in the woods, in the Adirondacks, but the story is that Uncle Walter was married to a woman named Tilly, who was was supposedly, according to family lore, who was very gifted, and her father was a famous physicist. I never could figure out how then Tilly ended up with Walter in the woods, but I was told that Tilly had some issues. <laughs> Tilly was special. So the point of my story is, yeah, it's good to laugh. Um, they lived a very rustic backwoods life, and that involved one day Walter lowered Tilly into the well, that well, to, to fix the well. And so I guess she was in a kind of scaffold or harness. And so this physicist's daughter, down she went into the well. And Walter went off to town, and, and, and I guess apparently he made it to town, and he said, oh, no, I forgot. Tilly's in the well. <laughs> he left Tilly in the well, and this is what family stories are like. The story just stopped there. So I would be like, well, what happened? You know, what happened next? You know, presumably he got back until he was hoisted up, but the story would just kind of trail off. And I was just, it stayed with me.
the way such a thing would do. And, and I often lately have thought about what Tilly must have experienced in the well. You know, no cell phones, like, uh, you know, an echoey, hello, Walter, Walter. No, no sound except her own voice. And what was that like? And the reason I'm telling this story is because in a certain way, it encapsulates for me this counsel or advice I'm always giving about sinking down into sensation, into the experience of being present and rejecting nothing, none of your feelings, whether it's, it's rage or relief, fatigue or joy, but to just bring the attention to that. Because what the hope and promise of the, the practice is, is that at moments we can appear to ourselves. It might sound like a funny way to put it, but become vividly real and present under our own gaze with our hearts open so that we begin to see that we go forward from that felt sense of basic goodness, of being alive. And we can extend our humanity to others not in a kind of head sense of how, how do we find common ground between truth and lies or, you know, it's not like that. Like, it's like learning to come back to ourselves, to be vividly present, to be here, heart beating to know that we have our complete permission and acceptance to be just like this, fluid in process, raw edges, pain is rising, anger is rising, joy is rising. And as we practice this, we become better able to offer ourselves to others. And it's interesting, on Wednesday, uh, only some of us could have been there, and we talked about having no hope, what it's like to just let go of that, that insistence that something out there be certain. And the interesting thing that I've been reflecting on it since, and I spoke to the person who asked the question, is that as we practice this coming back to sensation, 
to presence, we become a force for hope. We become another kind of influence in the world. Present and collected and unafraid of our humanity. And we send out ripples. We offer that vibration, if you will, to others. So when we sit tonight, um, I'm going to offer just a couple of instructions for sensation and for sensing just around ourselves. And you'll see what I mean. So uh, let's take a comfortable seat. Whatever that is for you, where you can feel upright and relaxed at the same time. And notice how it feels to be here. And how it feels to be met by an attention that welcomes you without judging. And see that this attention can soften tensions. And notice that you can bring the attention, if you wish, to your shoulders and your hips. And just let everything else be present too, but find that you can take that point, those points, shoulders and hips and feet on the floor or a seat on the cushion. And let yourself feel your weight your gravity.
and notice that you can also feel the space around you. Not far, just the atmosphere directly around this body and the head. Maybe a foot or so. And see that when your thoughts start to stray far away, you can bring them back, back to the body and back to this atmosphere close to the body. And notice that there's a light of attention inside that sees without judging. And notice that you can call yourself back, call the thinking back into the body, into the atmosphere close to you. That you can feel a vibration inside you. Let go of thinking and sink down into vibration, sensation.
when you drift into thinking, notice that this is as natural as breathing. And gently come back. Back to the life of the moment, the life inside. Notice how it feels to come back to sensation and rest in awareness, in that vibration of life. And notice that there is a presence around you and inside you. 
a stillness that sees with no judgment. Notice how it feels to meet everything that arises, joy and terror, with complete acceptance. Knowing that nothing, no feeling is final.
Noticing how it feels to be in a well of stillness, of solitude. Feeling the life inside you. and the presence around you. Notice that you can rest in presence. Ground in sensation.
noticing that there's something inside you that vibrates, that resonates with life. There's a presence here. We're not alone. Trust, awareness. Trust the movement of return back to sensation.
allow yourself to be seen. No exiles. Notice how it feels to be really here. Thank you for your practice. I can feel the presence even through the screen. And um, if you have uh, questions or observations about the practice or your experience this week, we'd love to hear it. Um. When you, you know, when we're here meditating and my thoughts are going, where they are, um, and then you sort of direct us back, you know, I can drop that into, it almost feels like a stream gurgling or something like, like that energy that's sort of vibrating within. And you know, I know if I pay attention to that or if I bring awareness to that, you know, what I need to know will come to me. Um, and I also feel like I had this image of like a wheel turning and it's like, as I drop down and as I do this, like I get closer to the center and at least theoretically in the center of a wheel turning, there's a point that's not turning. And like, I, I haven't quite touched that, but I, but I, I get the sense that maybe, you know, there's, there's something like that in there, you know, in all of us. Um, and also I want to say like, there are times, certainly when I'm just, my apparatus is too overwhelmed and I, and I, I, there are things that I need to do so that I can even be able to sit here, you know? Um, and that's just, you know, I've, uh, and I guess the last thing is I find that my micro sits are working nicely for me, you know? Good, good. Microtation, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's good. And like, 
I mean, seizing on the most practical point um, that you shared, um, and they certainly work for me, I really, really want to emphasize uh, for all of us the wisdom of five minutes sits, micro sit, even a two minute sit, a one minute sit to um, liberate yourself from the idea that you have to have these beautiful 45-minute meditations or 30-minute meditations. It's beautiful if you can do it. And if you, but don't like kind of exile yourself because you're anxious and you're just not up for it. This is a practice of moments. and to just give yourself permission to sit down and come back to sensation for a moment. To go from thought to sensation is practice. And to do it during the day, every day, will yield results. Will begin to open you in surprising ways and ground you. And um, when you do come home, it's extraordinary to realize we, we have this idea that there's so much we have to do, but we discover it's here, it's present. The way Andrew was describing the sensation of coming home to vibration to the stream and it can, it's something that can have all kinds of um, subtleties to it. It can be immense sometimes when you need it. Just a descent can come. And, and to just trust that there's nothing, nothing to strive for. What we're invited to do is to offer ourselves to it. And to see that where the love is needed, and, and by love I mean that caring attention that doesn't judge, that, that energy inside this beautiful inner state of the stream. It doesn't need it. What needs it are the stuck places. The part of you that really hurts. The part of you that's gonna just keep obsessing because it's better than not knowing. That's going to cling to something that causes you suffering because at least you know it, that part. And just treat it with exquisite lightness. Just feel it. And let it be there. It's okay. It's completely okay. And trust that this action of allowing will lead to that descent into the well, into sensation, into the depths of your being.
you have every, everything you need to be fully enlightened. Nancy, um, you were saying a couple of weeks ago something about nostalgia or like when you, you know, smell a certain smell or hear a certain song or see something or whatever that really brings you back to a moment in your past. And I kind of forgot what you were saying about it. And I was just thinking about that the other day walking through the woods and I was completely transported back to, you know, a time in my childhood. And um, it reminded me that you had said something about it, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it was really simply that the body is extraordinary um, because it, it stores these experiences. And, um, you know, we could have a big discussion or a whole workshop about memory. But I think the point that we were discussing is that, you know, this is called remembering, self-remembering, this practice, remembering the present and presence. But what's uncanny is that, as you found in the woods, that the body is so sensitive and it's just so gifted and mysterious that you could have a, a scent, evergreen, or a particular flower, or the light could be a certain way, or there could be a certain song fragment. And suddenly you're transported, you're, it blossoms inside you, this experience, which is you're having in the present. So it's different because you're present to it. But we were just talking about the marvel of sensation. And again and again, it's so comforting and helpful you know, because there is suffering and most of it is mental anguish. It's thinking. And I'm not denying there is physical pain too, but uh, this, the anxiety that we have and we feel and the way we try to manage reality, it's so comforting to know that there, help is here sensation is here and it's immense we're not alone i say that and the most down-to-earth way to understand that is that the body is waiting for you sensations waiting for you and this mysterious extraordinary spacious intelligence called presence is waiting for you. It's here. And Yulia, when you mentioned nostalgia, the, um, a teacher of mine called it nostalgia for being a longing. 
for a state that we somehow know is possible. Not, it's not far-fetched because we've known it in childhood, in moments of ease, in moments when we're more fully present. And we're constantly getting hints and guidance back to this state. And from this state, and from this place of being grounded, touching the earth in the body, opening to presence and to what is from this state, we can meet what comes in a new way. Opening to it like it's an offering. Thank you, Tracy. Yeah. So, so we'll stop for tonight to be continued. So we just take a seat just for a moment. And just feeling grateful for your life the life inside you, the life that's here. For presence. And we put two hands in our heart space if we wish, like people from the earliest times. And we offer our practice and our wish to be whole and present for the benefit, the welfare, and the happiness of all beings everywhere in every world, animals and plants and people. And for those who have stepped up to lead. And we offer all of us the wishes May we all be safe and protected from harm and danger. May we all be well and whole and at ease. And may all of us in every realm be free, entirely free. Thank you, thank you so much for showing up. We we made it to Sunday. Uh, it's a beautiful thing.